Hello and welcome to D23 Inside Disney, the show that gives you a look at the latest Disney news and a peek at the people who make the magic at the Walt Disney Company. I'm D23's Jeffrey Epstein. I'm Candace from Radio Disney. I'm Sherry from Oh My Disney. And we're your hosts who will take you Inside Disney. Oh, Cherry, welcome back. Two weeks is too long. I mean, I feel like a week is too long without you guys, and two weeks, that really did it to me. Yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Although, true confession for the listeners, Sherry and I did have a Zoom meeting about something that was not <laughs> podcast related in between, so I did get my Sherry fix. So. That's true. That's not as fun as a podcast. It's not Did she the same. have her Pixar background on the Zoom? I just need to know. Was she in Monsters Inc.? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Monsters Inc. It was the scare floor. Yeah. So good. So funny. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to? Uh, speaking of Pixar, we mentioned Pixar popcorn last week. This is such a good, cool little series, guys. I don't want to yeah. spoil anything Yay. for anyone who hasn't watched yet, but it starts off with essentially Buzz Lightyear teaching Jazzercise. Which is Wait, what? Yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Oh, I, that's, okay. that's my interpretation. Maybe you will have a different one. Amazing! Uh, wow, so good. Oh, also wanted to give a shout out to Blackish and Mixedish, who they both returned to ABC this week, and we found mm. out a little bit about how much TP you actually need during a pandemic, thanks to Dre. Um, but it's such a good <laughs> week for me and Disney TV. Nice. Candace, I remember at the beginning of the pandemic when we, we talked about your TV situation several times. So <laughs> you probably were having flashbacks of some sort. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> it was uh, a little relatable. <laughs> uh, I was having flashbacks of a TV sitcom variety because I rewatched the third episode of WandaVision. Again, I can't get enough of the show. Love it so much. And. Coming up, we have Elizabeth Lizzie Olson, Wanda of WandaVision coming up. She talks, there was so much. There's talk of the babies. There is talking <laughs> about hijinks on the set with Katherine Hahn. And there is maybe a D2323 Easter egg to talk Yay! about. Yeah. But, but Sherry, before that, what, what have you been watching? Well, you know, not a lot has changed in the past two weeks for me. I am still <laughs> watching Survivor. I'm on a totally different season per usual. And oh my goodness, it just gets better and better and better. I keep thinking, you know, I'm going to burn out on Survivor on Hulu, but it's just not. I don't see that coming. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's great. I'm on the Kagayan season for any listeners out there who are big fans. Have you learned any skills? Like if you end up on an island <laughs> and you have to survive, like what? I, you I build a fire or tie I knot? I think so. I don't know though, because I feel like watching them build a fire is so different than <laughs> doing it. But I feel like I understand it visually. <laughs> but do okay. I have the physical prowess? I do not know. <laughs> okay. All right. Things to aspire to. Self. Never get stranded on an island with Sherry. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> definitely plow through the food supply too (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of getting stranded big news out of i do like this segue um (laughs) big news from disney parks this week 
exciting enhancements are coming to Jungle Cruise at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts. Yay! Now, you guys may not know, or maybe you know, that since the very beginning, the Jungle Cruise has always been evolving. Initially, when it opened at Disneyland, it was very serious. It was more a take on the True Life Adventure films that Walt had made famous. But then quickly, they added in some humor, courtesy of legendary Imagineer and Disney legend Mark Davis. And they've continued to build on that humor and build on the stories for years and expanded it and all sorts of things. So they're now updating it once more with some fantastic scenes and great humor and giving it a great story while also addressing some of the negative depictions that the attraction included. So I think that's really mm. amazing. Mm. You can actually read the full Parks blog story on the Parks blog. And I had the great opportunity to interview Imagineer Chris Beatty, who's overseeing the project. And he talked about Mark's influence on the changes that are coming, which include giving a real storyline and giving more stuff for the skippers to be doing and interacting with while still keeping some of your favorite puns. So do not worry. The backside of water will still be there. (laughs) Oh, and one other big question they cleared up was uh, they will not be incorporating the new Jungle Cruise movie into the attraction. Although he said, maybe look closely. There may be some Easter eggs. So more on that coming as they start work on those two attractions. Cannot wait. Yeah. Very cool. Well, our pals over at Walt Disney Animation just dropped a new poster and a new trailer for Raya and the Last Dragon. Guys, it looks epic. In the trailer, we get a more in-depth look at the story of Raya and her, as they call it in the trailer, Fellowship of Butt Kickery, (laughs) as they go on their quest (laughs) to find the mythical last dragon. Oh, it's going to be great. It has I mean, the animation looks stunning. As we know, there's incredible voice talent. It, I really, really can't wait for this. It's going to be in select theaters March 5th and on Disney Plus with Premiere Access. Amazing. Yes. I'm so excited. That trailer is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm excited about that. Aquafina's voice, I just love her so much. Yes, and Kelly Marie Tran. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the American Film Institute announced their AFI movies and TV shows of the year list. And they actually included two mentions for Disney films. So Soul made the list. Uh, Searchlight Pictures, Nomadland made the list. Also on the TV side, The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. Also the FX on Hulu drama, Mrs. America. Then they also gave a special award to Disney Plus's Hamilton, which was really cool. They're also going to celebrate all of these films and TV shows online in an event happening February 26th on AFI.com. Also, the National Board of Review named Pixar Soul as the best animated feature of 2020, which I think we can Yay! all agree on. Right? Very cool. No. So <laughs> So good. Nomadland also won Outstanding Achievement in Cinematography, and Chadwick Boseman won the Icon Award. So cool stuff there. Totally. And who knows, maybe Ryan the Last Dragon will be on one of these lists next year. Yeah, I have a good feeling about it. (laughs) Well, in a true circle of life moment, Festival of the Lion King is coming back to Disney's Animal Kingdom this summer. Yay! Yay! Yes, Simba and his friends, along with the musical storytellers of the show, are coming back to the Harambe Theater. 
This show has a really special place in my heart. Back in my yellow gingerbread man number three days, circa 2013, (laughs) I had a lot of performer friends who were in the show, and I still have quite a few friends in Walt Disney World Entertainment, so I'm really thrilled to hear the show is coming back for both the cast members and the guests. It's such an incredible performance. And the cool thing is, it's going to be presented in a modified format to be mindful of the current environment, so there'll be Updates to the choreography to allow for appropriate distancing and adjustments to how the audience is seated so everyone can have a magical and safe experience at the show. I love that. I mean, I love live theater, obviously, and and that show has such incredible energy. Yes. Well, you guys know I love a cruise and I love a Disney vacation. (laughs) You do? What? I I know. Sorry. (laughs) Tell us more. Adventures by Disney has just announced some new expeditions and river cruises. You can read all about them on d23.com. But I don't like being cold, and it was 39 degrees when I woke up in my uh, condo this morning. Thankfully, not in my condo this morning. They have announced a 12-day, 11-night Antarctica and Patagonia expedition cruise. I may not do that. I hear Antarctica, and I already need another sweater. But it sounds amazing. (laughs) Possibly a little more up my alley is the nine day, eight night Galapagos Islands expedition cruise where you literally get to walk in Darwin's footsteps. So amazing, amazing stuff. You can visit d23.com or adventuresbydisney.com to read more about these amazing adventures. I love that. I feel like the betting on the ships, though, is, you know, pretty good. So Antarctica, (laughs) I think it's all right. Well, guys, ABC has announced their spring series premiere date. So we've got a trio of scripted and unscripted series. So I'll give you the rundown here. Pooch Perfect is going to premiere starting Tuesday, March 30th at 8 o'clock. You're going to get eight episodes of this one. This is an interesting one because it's a dog grooming competition series where you get like 10 of the best pet stylists in the country competing in a series of all these themed challenges. Rebel Wilson is going to host this along with celebrity judges. Interesting concept. I'm excited Mm. about (laughs) coming to ABC. I have a short haired dog, so I've never had to trim his hair, but um, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) Also coming home economics. This one stars Topher Grace. It's going to premiere Wednesday, April 7th at 8.30 p.m. And then Rebel, which we mentioned last year, it's going to premiere Thursday, April 8th at 10 o'clock. This is the drama drawn from the life of Aaron Brockovich. It stars Katie Seagal, Andy Garcia, and John Corbett. And I should also mention that show is actually produced by Krista Vernoff, who also produced Grey's Anatomy and Station 19. Both of those shows return Thursday, March 11th. And then A Million Little Things. It's going to be back March 11th as well, but they'll move to Wednesday nights starting April 7th. So lots of good TV coming. So much good TV. I love that Katie Seagal. Totally, totally. Well, Freeform has released their new lineup for February and their Love Week programming. So we'll start with new episodes of Grownish Thursday nights at 8 o'clock starting February 4th. Then you've also got the season three premiere of Good Trouble. That's Wednesday nights at 10 o'clock, starting February 17th. And then, Jeffrey, I know this might be a sore subject, but Valentine's Day is coming again. And Freeform (laughs) is celebrating with Love Week. This is a week-long programming event celebrating all things love starting Monday, February 8th. You guys can get the full schedule at freeform.com slash news. Nice. Well, I've got some major mini news. I like what you did there. (laughs) 
Thank you. <laughs> there will be a virtual summit inspired by Minnie Mouse. It was announced on National Polka Dot Day, which is the annual fan holiday honoring the queen of the polka dot. <laughs> the summit itself is going to be on Saturday, February 13th at 9 a.m. Pacific, and it's going to showcase what it means to be positively mini. So it's Aww. free to the public. Fans can partake in some mini-inspired workshops, some styling sessions. There'll be a keynote. You can shop the latest mini merch, of course, and there'll be much more. Follow Mini Style on Instagram for all the deets. Fun, fun. Well, in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> a new book, Skywalker, A Family at War, is coming this spring. You can read more about it at StarWars.com. And author Kristen Baver tells the Skywalker story through the lens of a biographer. I like this, sort of a, a unique take. And you get to see how the whole canon unfolds from a new kind of perspective. So the book is going to be available for pre-order right now, and it's coming out this spring. So get your Star Wars Skywalker Saga fix. Nice. And Candace, you know what it's time for? I don't. I don't, actually. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> It is time for five fantastic things to watch this weekend, courtesy of our friends at D23, the official Disney fan club. For more oh. information, visit D23.com. <laughs> That's what it's time for. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help it. Just too much. Well, first up, a movie is, that is celebrating its fifth anniversary. You can watch it on Disney Plus in honor of its fifth anniversary, The Finest Hours, which... I was on the edge of my seat for this, even though I, I mean, you really can figure out what happened because it's based on a true story. That said, edge of my seat when this massive storm splits a giant ship in two and there's sailors trapped and there's Chris Pine. Really? What else do you need? <laughs> Chris Pine, for sure. Also on the list, this is one of my favorite books as a kid, Ramona and Beezus. That's new to Disney+. Plus. So if you haven't seen it, such a fun little movie. Also, Sleeping Beauty, the 62nd anniversary. We're celebrating with that on Disney Plus Friday. Nice. I feel like it's been a minute since I've talked about animal medical issues. So I am back. <laughs> did Dr. Pole last week. I did do Dr. Pole. We were very, you know, but, but uh, we did acknowledge that it's always better when you do it. Oh, well, I appreciate someone picking up the slack. <laughs> Heartland Docs DVM season premiere Saturday at 10 p.m. Eastern on Nat Geo Wild. The episode is titled So Hard to Say Goat Bye. Oh, wow. <laughs> the Schroeders have some truly unruly patients and, of course, unexpected emergencies. They need to castrate an alpaca. Wait, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> yes. <laughs> they also need to treat a constipated cat. They need to heal a hound with a hernia. Oh, wow. I know I yes. shouldn't be laughing about this. Like, this is, I'm sure these are like, these are very traumatic things for animals. It's, <laughs> I, I just can't help it. It's just when you hear Sherry talk about it, and then I don't know if Boys to Men came to your mind as well with this title, <laughs> but I'm just, I'm watching this. Point okay. Um, moving on to our fifth thing to watch. <laughs> Uh, the network premiere on Sunday, January 31st on FX of Bohemian Rhapsody, the incredible celebration of Queen and their music and the extraordinary lead singer, Freddie Mercury. Rami Malek is just amazing in this. So if you have not 
seen this movie, check it out on FX on Sunday. Let's get to our interview. Now, a couple weeks ago, we had with us the vision of WandaVision. And today we are so excited with us to have the Wanda half of that title. She plays the incredible Wanda Maximoff in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, including on the wild, wacky, and wonderful WandaVision now on Disney+. Please welcome to the show, the wildly, wonderfully talented Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Well, I don't think any of us realized just how heavily the show's early episodes would play into like the classic sitcoms. So had you watched any of those shows when you were growing up? Yes. We had the Nick at Night Station when I was growing up. So that's where I watched Laverne and Shirley and Brady Bunch and I Love Lucy, Mary Tyler Moore Show. Three's Company. I feel like all those played on Nick at Night, but then I was also TGIF Friday land of like Step by Step and Family Matters and all those those 90 shows (laughs) as well. (laughs) Well, Kevin Feige alluded to a full house influence at the very least on the 90s sitcom episode. Have you prepared your family? It's honestly such a wink that there is no preparation needed. It's not, um, <laughs> there is a nod to it, but no one needs to be searching for an actor or something. <laughs> 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 Good to know. Yeah, on Kimmel, you, you know, I think people have then been like, wait, are your sisters making a cameo? And, and to that, I say, I'm very happy to say, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> not want that rumor out there. Uh, Yes, that would definitely take it into a whole new cinematic universe. A whole new meta experience than it already was. (laughs) Did you have a a favorite decade that you filmed? I actually really did love the 80s because those sentimental moments, I just, you know, that kind of tone from the 80s, the cheese ball of it all, you know, trying to find the sincerity in that. I think was really fun. And then the seventies was fun just because I got to have the most unrealistic birth experience um, (laughs) on our (laughs) seventies. And at the end of episode three, you have twins. Vision is kind of not human. We just have so many questions. Like, what can you tell us? (laughs) (laughs) The twins. I mean, we made real babies. Wow in our show and in our sitcom we got real babies do they have microchips in them as well i'm very you know (laughs) i think they're full human wow amazing well in the show you are hilarious i feel like we mainly get to see you in more dramatic roles so what was it like being able to do such great comedy it was such a breath of fresh air to try (laughs) comedy. I think the closest I've gotten to doing comedy was really in Ingrid Goes West. And so to do comedy that's more broad and era specific and physical, it was just such a relief to get to try out. You know, I took like a screwball comedy class or something in college. And I can't remember the last time I've tried to you know, make people laugh. So it, it felt really good. I don't know how successful well, it is, but I really enjoyed doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it worked, believe me. <laughs> Did you have any particularly funny moments on set? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's always a funny moment on set. I mean, it's like where to begin. Catherine Hahn just 
bleeds comedy all the time. Like she mm-hmm. just can't help it. We're rehearsing the the fifties episode. There's a moment where she brings over some groceries to help me. And we have these fake rubber eggs as one of the props. And while we were just like in between setups, one of the eggs dropped and she screamed, well, there goes my jade egg. It took her like a not five, you know, seconds to be able to get that out there. She just is very funny between <laughs> that and Paul and I making fools of ourselves on a daily basis. There's just lots of good moments on that set. Was there an actor, a particular actor that you modeled any of your performances after? We use specific shows for our entire ensemble so that we all have the same clear examples for each show. Like it was, you know, 50s, Dick Van Dyke, 60s, Bewitch, 70s, Brady Bunch, 80s, Family Ties. And so we got really specific so that we could understand what world we were in, but it really felt like more of a launching pad. The first two episodes felt very, you know, Elizabeth Montgomery, Mary Tyler Moore, and then Paul was very Dick Van Dyke. And then we kind of took it from there and allowed them to be influenced by the other shows as well. Like in um, in Modern Family, it's, you know, Julie Bowen kind of thing. And so there's, there's no direct like replication, but it was like a launching pad for us. So you went to D23 Expo in both 2017 and 2019. Yeah. What was it like for you being in front of 7,000 screaming Disney fans? It <laughs> is so crazy. And like so cold. (laughs) 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 It's always freezing cold because I already get really cold when I'm nervous and I get very nervous to stand in front of live audiences. Unless it's a play, it's somehow a different thing in my body, but my body goes into full like survival mode where it starts to truly freeze up. My nerves get the best of my stomach, my heart's in my throat and I'm just like frozen. And I feel like, I just have to smile my way through it and not wear heels and (laughs) (laughs) because the heels make me have vertigo on those stages. It is so incredible to see all those fans there and get their reactions, like their immediate reactions from our teasers. It's such an incredible feeling and it's so nerve wracking. That's a fair answer. Speaking of D23, you you may, you may not know this, you may know this, but Kevin Feige did insert a D23 Easter egg into the Winter Soldier where the containment cell that Bucky was in was D23. I think he showcased that at Expo one year. So we were curious because we saw the calendar mark on that first episode, the calendar was marked the 23rd. So we thought, is this another D23 reference? And we have to ask Elizabeth. I thought it. I mean, I miss all of the Easter eggs until someone presents them to me. I absolutely (laughs) bet that the 23rd would be an Easter egg for that. That's very exciting. That would would be too crazy of a coincidence. (laughs) We agree. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, the secrecy around Marvel projects is just legendary. So what was the hardest secret you had to keep from one of the films we've already seen? Oh, the hardest secret. I guess Infinity War ending. I mean, mm-hmm. Endgame had a pretty, you know, devastating ending as well with 
Iron Man, but the Infinity War ending felt specifically like we just like completely threw out something that no one thought could happen. So I felt like that the blip or whatever we call it <laughs> was pretty shocking because <laughs> there was like death and then there was people just turning to dust. And so I think that was an exciting ending to hold on to. Also, it was so secretive that we didn't know that was our ending until we showed up on set that day and they showed us previs and explained to us what we were filming. I, I just remember being like, oh, okay, so, you know, we got to just dissolve and do we know we're dissolving? And that's kind of the conversation that happened right before we shot it. Wow. For uh, WandaVision, do you actually get to know the full arc for this one? Yeah. Yes, we had all nine scripts, actually, as much as, especially with Marvel being such like a really nice collaborative family always, which, you know, even on these Avenger movies, they always want opinions. And so it's a very healthy work experience. But we had one through nine when we started, we got to do, you know, table reads of all of them as a cast before we started filming episode one, which is so rare. Wow. to even have like all the people in the room together before we started. Wow. Well, speaking of the cast, you and Paul have such incredible chemistry together on screen and you seem like great friends off screen too. What is it like working with him? It is so easy. I mean, it's to know that you're going and to work with like your teammate. I can throw anything at him. He can throw anything at me. We're always trying to make things better that we're about to shoot later it's just a constant dialogue and it's even like, you know, when we're not on set, it's over the weekend. It's, I'm thinking of adjusting this. How do you feel? There's just such a constant, easy communication between the two of us and an equal amount of like care and obsession. And then we have a good time. And so I feel very lucky to have him as my partner through all this. Hmm. Well, outside of Paul, if you could team up with any other character or actor in the Avengers, who would it be? In the Avengers, because I would say Catherine Hahn if it weren't in the Avengers. She's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I love working with Catherine Hahn, but in the Avengers, who would I want to pair up with? I think it'd be fun to work with Tessa Thompson, Valkyrie. I would enjoy that a lot. I, I, I enjoy her quite a bit. I like her too. Great mm -hmm. choice. Well, last year, when we asked you to read for Disney's Big Storytime With project, you chose to read a Toy Story Easter tale, which obviously I'm a huge Pixar fan, so I relate. <laughs> what made you choose that story? I love Toy Story. And I felt like I knew the characters. I also didn't even realize that all these movies had all these different books. So I enjoyed reading the Toy Story Easter egg um, mystery and it made me laugh. And I thought it was very cute. And that dinosaur, I forget his name, but he's so funny. Rex. Rex, yeah, Rex. <laughs> Rex. He's so cute. It's just so charming. The whole, I love Toy Story a lot. I'm a huge Pixar fan. We were so happy that you were a part of that. It was such an incredible project, really, you know, giving back to some families who were stuck at home and, and wanting to hear some good stories. So mm -hmm. thank you for being a part of that. Yeah, I mean, it was really incredible that moment in time, those first couple of months of everything being still and us trying to all get creative of how to connect with one another in you know very human ways. It was a very interesting time in our history. Definitely. 
Well, we end every episode asking our guests for their favorite Disney memory. So out of everything that you've done at Disney or your personal experiences, do you have one that you could tell us about? I think seeing The Lion King, I saw it in theaters with my dad. And I remember the whole theater it was in the Valley in Los Angeles and the whole theater was just covered and like decorations everywhere. There were streamers of the characters. And I just remember like the excitement to go, like I was like so freaked out by, you know, how it started when the dad dies, but I just loved seeing The Lion King in theaters as a kid. It was a very early memory for me of going to the movies. Pocahontas was another one, but I think it was later. But yeah, Lion King, just that being such an impressionable cinematic experience. Uh, I also have another one. Can I do a second one? Please. Of course. You can do as many as you like. <laughs> I, I got to go when they when they remastered Star Wars, the original Star Wars movies. I got to go to the premiere. And, wow. and I was obsessed with Star Wars as a kid. And my friend had all of the toys and the life-size you know, cardboard cutouts. And it was just so huge for us to be there. And, you know, it's beyond lucky LA kid thing. That was so magical when the show started and we're in the theaters and every single name got an applause. Like just that experience <laughs> just on its own just felt so incredible to me. Those were the two huge Disney moments. But then now my brain's like spiraling to... <laughs> thousand other things <laughs> well i mean if, if you're still a star wars fan what was i mean have knowing paul was in solo a star wars story i feel like you that's like you need that's your in you need paul to be introducing you to some people so that you can make your yeah. own break in the star wars galaxy i'm not I'm yes not caught up in what's happening in star wars now i'm really behind well luckily you have disney plus yeah i know <laughs> now, i literally just got my login last week Perfect. Well, welcome to Disney Plus. You can start start binging Mandalorian. Amazing. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much. This was amazing. And we are so in love with the show and so happy yes. to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Guys, I, I cannot wait to see the fourth episode, fifth, sixth. I can't wait to see all the WandaVisions. She is amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I say we have ourselves an official D23 Easter egg again very very good absolutely well thanks again for listening to d23 inside disney don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe and if you want to chat with us use the hashtag d23 inside disney and for all the latest disney info check out d23.com we'll be back next week with more disney news and a fantastic guest and maybe some more medical emergencies on animals (laughs) on an all-new episode of d23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.